Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to tonight's edition of Students for Better Future Radio. I'm your host, Doreen Finkel, with Luther Mays and Ruben Torres, and we are live. Once again, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we have a great show tonight. Um, I want to remind you the show is sponsored by the 501c3 nonprofit, studentsforbetterfuture.com. If you can all go there and check out the website. Um, again, like you mentioned, we have internships. You can just check it out to see which ones are available. Um, and also, uh, by the way, the month of January, I want to mention this, is Human Trafficking Month. And we're going to be doing a lot of shows in relationship to human trafficking. We have different guests who are coming on. Um, some are from the FBI. Some are are, are um, from local groups around here. Um, because human trafficking is such a travesty in society. And uh, we want to raise your awareness so that you can see certain things that you have to do to stop human trafficking. Um, so that's coming up in January. And um, with the show before Thanksgiving, so and we have lots to talk about. The first thing I want to talk about uh, is something that happened today. Um, we, we elected, well, we elected Donald Trump to be president a few weeks ago, but one of the things we had elected him on was to bring charges against Hillary Clinton. And um, it doesn't seem as though that might be so. So uh, I want to first go to my co-host, Ruben, um, who can elaborate on that. Go ahead, Ruben. Well, the uh, the news that came on uh, in regards to um, Donald Trump not going and keeping his promise of going after uh Hillary Clinton, uh, it's disappointing to so many people because if if we recall what he said during the campaign and during the debate that if he was elected president, he would name a prosecutor that would put her in jail, in prison. And to hear today otherwise that that's not going to happen, it's very disappointing, and it's going to it's going to impact it's going to impact uh, his reign as president of the United States. It's definitely a big blow, and and, and we're hoping we're hoping uh, that he doesn't renege and go back on on, on a lot of the promises, because then it's going to be tough um, him repeating and winning um, the re-election in 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 twenty twenty. Right. And uh, Luther, do you want to weigh in on that? Well, you know, a lot of people came from the Independent Party and from the Democratic Party to vote him in. And um, maybe we need to start putting this Tea Party together and have a convention and be uh, and do the next move after Trump. We're going to have to be prepared for this because um, it's going to upset a lot of people that he's not going to do nothing about this. But maybe he's just downplaying it for now until he's sworn in. Hopefully that's the case. It could be. But then again, why go ahead and say that, you know, you're not going to do anything? Well, when you're that's dealing with a devil, you need, when you're dealing with a devil, you need to, you need to trick him sometimes, don't you? I understand you, um, you know, but uh, I want to bring on our guest. Um, we have a features guest tonight. Her name is Cheryl Chumley. Uh She is a writer and um, also an author for the Washington Times. Well, um, well hold on a second. Um, she was, um, and I, I forgot to update you on that, she, she was with the Washington Times. She's no longer with that uh, with that okay. uh, entity. 
Okay, um, Cheryl, are you with us? I am. It's great to be here. Thanks so much, both of you, for having me. Definitely, Cheryl. Thank you for um, accepting our invitation. And we we have so many people that have uh, written to me. Looking forward to listening and hearing from you. All right. Well, it's always great to talk politics, right? <laughs> especially with an expert. Especially with an expert like you, Cheryl. Well, thank you. That's fine. Right. Uh, yeah, I want to start uh, this off because uh, I want to bring the fact in, um, you know, we have an all-Republican Congress uh, and, a, and a Republican president, and um, something, you know, that kind of it almost turned me the other way today. Trump had made a campaign promise that said that he was going to um, – basically press charges against Hillary Clinton. And then today, it almost seemed as though he was reneging. And um, I want to get your thoughts on that, Cheryl. Well, um, first off, I understand why Trump supporters would be very upset um, because it, it it didn't almost seem like he was reneging. He, he basically came out and said he doesn't feel very strongly about it. it you know, in other words, he has better things to do with his time, and that may be, seeing as he's about to become the president. Um, but, you know, he made a big case on the campaign trail and in the debates that Hillary belonged behind bars, and he made vows and promises that he would be the man to put her there. So to come out so quickly, just a few days after winning the, the White House, so to come out that quickly and say that he's not interested in, it, in that any longer, uh, that's a huge disappointment and a blow to a lot of his supporters. Personally, I did not ever really think uh, that when he made those promises on the campaign trail that he was actually going to put Clinton behind bars. That just doesn't happen in our country. You know, if you have money, power, influence, you dodge justice. And, you know, if you're an American, your big hope is that there's a, there's a judgment coming from above. But, you know, wealthy, rich people typically do not get thrown in jail, and certainly not the Clintons. Um, so keeping that in mind, it, it, it might be that he's coming at this. It's time to heal. Right. Uh, so we have a Republican Congress and, um, you know, and, and, of course, the Republican presidency. I, I mean, this doesn't come off well right now. And and uh, it sort of makes you wonder what you're going to see in the next three years, you know, because yeah. I think the people had elected him with a mandate. Oh, definitely. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it, it's kind of a little bit, uh, you know, it, it's a slap in the face to a lot of voters because, like you said, he has, you know, a Republican Senate, Republican House right now, and, of course, he's taking over the White House. There's nothing to stop him, really, from pursuing a prosecution against Clinton, or at least making a show out of doing it. Uh, you know, so, like I said, I think it's just his mindset is he would like to heal the nation, but it's a little premature at this point to make that. Right. Uh, Luther, did you want to ask something? Well, the problem is he says he don't want to do it, but how easy is it for him to do it without taking any of his time? Well, it's called a special, a special prosecutor, and it's not taking any of Trump's time, and people are not going to be going to accept that. Yeah, yeah, I think this is going to uh, hurt him. But, you know, credibility-wise, I agree. It's going to hurt him bad. Well, this is not what he wanted to happen. Well, so I, I think I, I think um, one of the things that that is really very uh, upsetting is that we're beginning to see, and hopefully you would agree with me and and Doreen and, and Luther, uh, or you can see it the same way I see it. He's surrounding himself with a lot of individuals that are basically not conservative. They're rhinos. They're somewhat liberal. And, and, you know, one of the things that that happened during the election, during the primary, uh, I was not for 
Donald Trump, I was for Ted Cruz because we needed a conservative, a true conservative. And and the reality is that Donald Trump is not a conservative. He's a Democrat. And and we we have convinced ourselves that he definitely is a better he was a better person than Hillary Clinton, or uh, somewhat of a better person. But in reality, he's still a Democrat, and he has that mentality. And 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 he's surrounding himself, you know, by bringing in individuals that are basically not conservative. And we're seeing the effects of that. Would that would I my analysis of that be incorrect, or or, or what do you think? Well, I I think I would just like to um, add a little twist to that. You know, think of of Donald Trump and his background. He's a hard-charging businessman, right? He makes his living out of cutting deals and making deals. And in my mind, one of his strategies might be uh, that old uh, saying, you know, you keep your friends closer and your enemies even closer. You know, so for him to... Talks about names like Mitt Romney, uh, you know, for Secretary of State, and some others, Nikki Haley, for crying out loud, you know, the South Carolina governor who slammed Trump on the campaign trail, and now she's being considered for Secretary of State also. This might be a little bit of a diplomatic play, you know, to to, to keep them from joining those of uh, – from, from joining the critical voices who say that Trump's doing nothing but bungling the transition. So I, I'm not positive. I'm not sold that he's turning Democrat completely yet. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll give it time. We'll give it time. Uh, go ahead, Luther. Did you want to ask? Well, the problem with that is the people in the South hate Nikki Haley, and they all voted for him. Uh, they don't like it because of the fact that the, the killer out of the rebel flag was brought down. So there are going to be some upset people. And that worries me because will they vote for him again? Well, hopefully this businessman, I really believe that Trump will do a good job bringing work back. But is he going to keep uh, all this stuff? You know, he just, he can't, you can say he could do a lot of things, but if he could do half of what he said would help. Um, but i just kind of shocked that he's picking her or Nick Romney. But he might be doing that to get along. Because to get along, things get done. So he's good at getting things done. So not a good thing about Hillary, but uh, we're on the right path. But we got to organize and uh, remove the uh, rhinos. We've got to get him help. If they don't want to give him help, then our next job is to get the rhinos out. So the last two years, Cheryl, the first two years, Cheryl, yeah. might not be good. Uh, uh, Cheryl, is there a way that the um, grassroots organization, you know, like Tea Party and all that can keep the pressure on Trump to to do what he said? Is there something that the grassroots are supposed to be doing? Well, I mean, I definitely think watchdogging and having a conversation right now and making it clear that people are watching Trump and keeping him on his toes as he goes forward, I think that's sending a huge message. And, you know, I think Trump's a guy, unlike Obama, who actually listens to people. You know, he definitely has a vision, and the vision's, you know, make America great again, of course, but I... I think he's open to listening way more than Obama is. I don't think Trump is tied up in some left-wing ideology or even, you know, a a middle-of-the-road ideology. I think his pure vision is that he wants America to become a wealthy leadership uh, country once again. And, you know, I think Tea Partiers, you know, staying on top, uh, you know, and keeping the conversation alive, and when the time comes that, that Trump is actually seated in office, writing their congressmen and their senators still, uh, petitioning the White House, making calls to the White House, I think those messages will be heard. Definitely. I, I, and and my, my analysis of, of, of his decision to not go after uh, Hillary does not mean that I'm, that I'm giving up on, on Donald Trump. I'm just saying that I think that you know, my mom, my mom used to say, "It's you know, they're going to judge you by who you surround yourself with, or who you uh, spend time with. That's how how they're going to classify you." And when he starts bringing in all these individuals, which especially you know individuals that really attacked them during the primary and during the general election, 
I, 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 I have to really, I'm, I'm, I'm taken back by that. But I, I wanted, I wanted to go on to something um, else that, that really I think it's, it's going to have an impact. Is, in your opinion, do you think that um, Donald Trump will go and use the database that was created under the current president for the Dreamers? The database that that has all the information on all these individuals that are here illegally, criminal or not criminal, do you believe that he will use that to really take the next step in deportation? Well, I I do think that uh, I do think that Trump is serious about cracking down on the borders. Um, as far as like building that huge fence and keeping everybody out, I, I don't even think that's practical. I, I don't even think that's going to happen. As far as databases go and going after like some of the businesses that hire illegals, uh, strengthening programs like E-Verify and so forth, uh, taking funding out of cities that allow, you know, that are sanctuaries for illegals. I think those are right. all doable, and I, I do believe that Trump actually wants to go forward with um, those measures. You know, and, and you can take some hope with some of his named appointments already. I mean, his national security advisor, General uh, Mike Flynn, now that guy has come out and said, you know, Islam is a political ideology, not religion. And he's dead serious about keeping out Syrians and keeping out refugees from countries with heavily uh, dominated Muslim populations where they're, uh, you know, not so friendly to American interests. And so that's all tied up in border issues and illegals. And I think Trump has already made some steps showing that he's going to take tough steps on that. Got it. Uh, okay, so he he won't backtrack along the way. That's what my biggest concern is, uh, because he, he, you know, because like he did with the investigation on Hillary, um, he, he he backtracked. You know, it's it's always like with me. It's it's like a wait and see. You know, because. Um, you have to see what they're doing and if their actions are speaking louder than words. Luther, did you want to ask a question? Well, my question to her is, is um, my biggest concern is how he's going to do with, deal with this transatlantic tree freight agreement. Yeah, if he closes the borders, he closes a million people coming in every three years on that trade agreement. We got enough... Uh, people in here we need to get out are illegal and how can we take any more well I, I think Trump's made it pretty clear that in his first day um, of office he's going to be issuing executive um, orders executive mandates and so forth that uh, strip some of these regulations on trade that put America secondary as, as the interest and he's going to put uh, you know trade agreements in place that put America first. So I, yeah, he, he's been pretty clear on that. We won't know that until day one in the office because he actually put a timeline on that and said, my first day in office, this is what I'm going to do. And he talked about the trade agreement. So we'll, we'll have to do a wait and see on that. Yeah. Uh, but getting back to the, uh, the thing with Hillary Clinton, uh, I mean, could he have done that because he wants to unite the country? You know, in other uh, words, if he was to go ahead and press charges that would further the divide between yeah. uh, between the Republicans and the Democrats, you, you know, I and it could... Think, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I, I actually think you're right on that. I, I think that that's, tr that's Trump trying to heal the nation. I mean, this is a guy who's been, you know, under attack for months now. Some of it he brought on, on himself. Some of it was brought on by Democrats. And some of it was brought on by members of his own party. So he was elected. And the nation still hasn't accepted his nominate. I mean, his uh, presidency, because you still see all these protesters in the streets. 
and they're from the far left. You know, maybe they're not Hillary Clinton supporters, maybe they're Bernie Sanders supporters, but I think that what you say is correct, that this is Trump's way of healing. Right. Um, You know, I mean, that's the only thing I I think that he could have done, you know, when him going ahead to drop the charges against Hillary. Um, You know, but anyhow, let's look at an envisionment like a presidency, of course, of Trump of four years. Uh, Will they repeal Obamacare? Is that no, in his agenda? Yeah. It, I, right now, yes. Uh, let's see. I, I'm with you on this. Let, let's, you know, let's hold our breath and, and pray that he will, um, because I'm not a fan of Obamacare by any measure. Uh, I don't think it's going to be an overnight thing where he just wipes it out. I mean, I, I don't even know how he could do that. You, you can't just send an executive order to cover all of America. You know, executive orders only cover the federal employees. So, you know, it's going to have to go through Congress, and it's, his chance to do it is now, you know, within the next couple months, while he still has majorities in the Senate and the House. So I, I say it's doable, and Trump, that's one of the consistent things that he said on the campaign trail. And so I'm just going to be optimistic and say that I believe he's going to do it. Okay, uh, so I'm going to play good uh, bad cop, and you guys play the good cop. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, but I think I think one of the other things that has not been mentioned is his change of um, way of thinking now in regards to global warming. Now, during the campaign, President-elect has suggested that global warming was a hoax. Uh, now he's indicating that there's some connectivity between humans and climate uh, changes. That's a huge, a huge turn. And I think, I think again, he's being influ- influenced by a lot of the individuals that are actually liberals and believe in the scam. What do you think, Cheryl? Well, I I can say um, two things on that point. First off, one of his top priorities is to uh, jumpstart the development of the Keystone Pipeline, which was a huge uh, environmentally, you know, uh, an environmental measure. Uh, The environmental camps came out strong in opposition to that. So that kind of strikes down the environmentalists from the get-go. And the other thing is, I was just reading um, yesterday, as a matter of fact, there's a guy that was put in charge of his environmental, uh, you know, transition team. And, you know, it talks about climate change and global warming, global cooling and all that. And the guy's name is Myron Ebel. And I actually know Myron a little bit. He was with or is with still the Competitive Enterprise Institute in D.C., which is one of the premier think tanks to fight off this bogus climate change science. Uh, So that tells me with Myron Ebel on his team that, you know, he's not buying into the global warming, uh, you know, mantra that's pushed by the hard left. There's no way you could could buy into that and appoint Myron Ebel to head up your environmental transition team. Right, right. So you you believe that this this information by the left to to brand him as as a flip-flopper? Yeah, I, I don't... I don't believe that he's flip-flopped on, on global warming. I, I believe maybe he doesn't have, uh, you know, the, the science solidified in his mind, uh, you know, as well as he might. I believe he comes at it from a business point of view and not a scientific point of view. But I right. think that he's more interested in development than, you know, saving a salamander, uh, you know, or, or, a, or an eagle or something like that from land development. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I, I definitely, I, I definitely believe him when he said it in the primaries and during the general election. But I, you know, again, I think, I think there, there may be something, somewhat of a, a truth in, in, in that the, um, the left is, is pushing this, all this disinformation to discredit 
uh, Donald Trump. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, the, and the media, <laughs> the left yeah. and the mainstream media, which is kind of one and the same, right? It, you're right. absolutely right. I see that myself. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, go, go ahead, ahead uh, Luther. Do you, Luther, do you want to ask a question? Yeah, what do you think about uh, Trump reducing the size of the government, taking the Department of Energy, and letting every state handle that and start getting this government smaller? Yeah, um, Homeland Security we need to get rid of, I think. Yeah, well, Homeland Security would save like 240,000 positions would be slashed overnight. That'd be great. Um, you know, because it's not do it's a big bureaucratic, you know, bloated government agency that has never done what it was supposed to do. Um, and it's just grown in recent years. Uh, Trump did say, uh, once again, he, from day one in office, he was going to issue an executive mandate uh, requiring at the federal level that for every one regulation that is passed into law, two regulations have to be taken off the books. And that's his way of, uh, you know, reducing the size of government, at least, you know, on day one in the office. And, you know, hopefully there will be more to come. A lot yeah. of things the state can handle and the government don't need to be involved in, and then that would reduce the, the size of government. You're absolutely right. And, you know, they should kill the Department of Education while they're at it, you know. Right. I mean, they, Let the states handle that, too. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. No, yeah, that's it's all common sense what can be done here, but will he do it? Well, you know, he, he's still not, you know, a, a king. He still does have to work with others, but I see more right. being done to favor the, the conservatives than we've seen in the last seven-plus years under Obama. So Right, right. We just got to keep the pressure on. Right, exactly. And don't let off. The yeah. train stopped for him. Our train started up. We have to keep moving this train down the tracks to get some reform in this country. Yeah, yep. yeah so, Cheryl, I want to ask you um, now – Okay, you're in charge of, let's say you're in charge of the Trump administration. What would be the first order of business to get working on? I would have to say the economy because, um, you know, we have been lied to for so many years now that the economy is in this great, you know, uh, growth mode. And you know we we haven't we haven't gone over two percent growth in a long time, and it used to be normal that three percent was just an average growth year year after year. Uh, so there's a lot of Americans out there who are used to you know being downtrodden, working two, three, four, even part-time jobs because they, the businesses that they used to work for or want to work for can't hire full-time employees because of the Obamacare mandates. So I would approach, um, you know, my first 100 days in office with an eye at growing the economy and, and getting people back in the private sector employment. Uh, as part of that would be, you know, Obamacare, deregulation, and so forth. But my, my eyes on the prize would be, you know, the economy and jobs. Uh, and, but also isn't health care tied into that? Because yeah, the Obamacare, um, you know, increases in you know everybody's insurance rates and and whatnot. So by getting rid of it, getting rid of it and replacing it, um, wouldn't that alleviate some of the pressure off of the the um, the local the companies? So you know then in turn they, they would go ahead and hire because Obamacare is a huge cost to them. You're, you're absolutely right. Uh, the thing with Obamacare more than, say, deregulating businesses um, so it frees them up to hire immediately. Uh, Obamacare, in my mind, is a little bit more complex because you can't just simply tear it up and 
tell all the doctors and insurance companies in America, okay, we're back to a free market. You know, that's going to take a little time to unwind. You can't just pull the carpet out from under everybody's feet without having a suitable, appropriate, acceptable alternative. Uh, And I favor 100% free market, but, you know, an overnight going from what we have now, which is quasi-socialist, back to free market is going to be tough to do. So I think that may end up taking like a few weeks, even a few months to undo. Yeah, but but um, Cheryl, don't you think that that the the end game here is really single payer system? That uh, Obamacare, from his inception, was going to fail. This was planned out. Nothing in government is happens just by luck. Uh, and single payer is the end game. A single payer system, like in Canada, which, which I, I lived in Canada, so I, I think that that's the that's the 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 the, the, the target. I I I know um, if we had Hillary Clinton as president, then within the next year or two, we would have steamrolled right into that. I think with Trump as president. Uh, we're coming to a halt on that, and now we're going to backtrack a bit. Um, you're right that that is what was said that you know the the end goal was a collapse system, and we were very nearly there. Next year, uh, as a matter of fact, all these insurance uh, rates were going to go up thirty, forty, fifty percent in some states. Uh, with Trump coming in, I, I just think it's going to come to a halt on that. We hope. So you so you mentioned it's it's repeal and replace, um, and we can't repeal it. Uh, you know, like one, two, three. I guess we have to do it in steps. And um, so the the first step to be to be would would be to to get, do what? Get rid of the exchanges. And and about buying insurance across state lines. Well, there's a lot of taxes that are wrapped up, um, you know, that that are part and parcel of Obamacare, and those are fairly easy and quick to dismantle. So I think that he might go that route first. Um, and I think there's certain elements of Obamacare that he said he did want to keep. For instance, the part where your insurance carries across state lines. I actually think that's a good idea. That's, I mean, that's a free market thing that you get the insurance company you want no matter where you are. Uh, and there's another element that I think he said he was interested in keeping, and that's uh, when your children live at home with you up until age 26, they can still stay on, uh, you know, the, the parent's insurance plan. That's a mandate under Obama now. Um, in certain circumstances, I think Trump just wants to keep that but switch it as an option. So I, I think there's a lot to go through. If you remember Obamacare was passed, like it, how many thousands of pages of legislation it is? So you've got to sift through all that and make sure that you're not dismantling something you want to keep. Well, yeah. Yeah, but nobody yeah. read the bill. <laughs> right? Well, True. we were told by... We were taught by Nancy Pelosi, and I, I will always remember this. We have to pass the bill in order to, in order for you to be able find to find out it. what's in it, right? Right, right. <laughs> what, Luther, uh, did you uh, want to Carol, ask something? Yeah, yeah. Well, in Michigan, when in Michigan when Obamacare was put in, the Republican Party here set up an insurance plan for the people in the state of Michigan. If they made under six hundred dollars a week, they get free insurance. So they kind of protected us from this Obamacare in this state. And I think it's a good idea that the states take over the insurance, period. Take it out of the government's hand. I don't know what you think of that. I I favor a rollback to the closer we can get to free market is is where I'm at. You know, I mean, the insurance companies are going to be regulated by federal law in certain, uh, you know, in certain circumstances anyhow. Uh, but the states can do the job. They don't need the overburdensome right. federal government weighing down. Weighing down on this, right. Yeah. So use our state's opportunities to uh, nip it in the bud. 
start, you know, passing laws. Just like on FEMA camps, you got a guillotine, it's a felony, or or if there's a cop and a three-man cop and they're showing, it's a felony if they're caught by the state, uh, by state laws, if they're caught with them. Hmm. Take, start, so if the states start taking over its own sovereignties and start making its own laws, we can uh, do a lot of things. We could do this yes. without Trump, actually. Yeah, state, the states' rights are uh, kind of decimated, but it would be nice to return to them. Well, we needed to return back to the land of the law, <laughs> and, uh, we, and that's what our state sovereignties are all about, you know. We can do a lot of things state by state that we can fix these problems, and I think that should be the people's main agenda right now is start letting the state start taking over some of this stuff and getting rid of it. I think that was a great idea what the Republicans did here by uh, having free insurance for anybody that makes under $600. I thought that was great. So, to start. Yeah. Uh, Ruben, you did you want to ask something? Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask your opinion regarding the impression, if you did get a chance to see when Obama and Trump met after the meeting, and I was watching Donald Trump, he did not look very happy. So some of the commentary that I've read is that he's been told, you know, because the reality that I've learned in my lifetime is that the president has some power, but there's people, very powerful interest groups and, and very powerful people that are behind the scenes. And they told Mr. Trump, like just like they told every president, you can do certain things, but you're not going to be able to do everything. That's the impression a lot of people are getting that Donald came in like a lot of politicians come into Washington thinking that they can do everything or they can do a lot, and then Washington just eats them up and tells them you can only do what we tell you to do. What do you? What do you? What's your impression on that meeting? And once he came out of that meeting. I take it you're talking about the meeting that Trump had with Obama at the White House yes. that lasted yes. like an hour and a half. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. My impression of it was that, you know, I didn't think Trump was happy, but I didn't. I, honestly, I thought Obama was less happy, you know, because unlike, you know, Unlike other politicians that Obama's been able to Chicago-style bully, I don't think he was able to do that with Trump, and I don't think he's going to be able to do it with Trump. I think Trump came out, and he was diplomatic and and so forth, but he's just counting days till Obama leaves, and I really don't think he, you know, cares (laughs) what Obama says that he's allowed to do versus not allowed to do. And I understand that there's, you know, behind scene forces um, at work, you know, that's what I'm I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. The forces like during, during Obama with Soros, Soros control and influence. And it it showed in the WikiLeaks. And that's something that I think a, a lot of Americans don't realize that there are powerful forces behind the scene that control politicians in Washington because their only interest is in getting reelected. And Mr. Trump, when he came out of that meeting, that impression was that he was told, this is what you can do and this is what you cannot do. Well, here's the the difference with Trump that I think that that – you know, whatever shadow forces there may be operating um, in governments, which of course there are. Whenever there's power, there's people, uh, you know, who who try and influence those power sources. So, that, of course, there are forces, you know, that we don't know about. Uh, but Trump is coming into the White House, unlike any president in modern history. He he doesn't owe people money. You know, he 
he ran his campaign by and large on his own money or his own private fundraising efforts. He, he doesn't owe lobbyists. He doesn't owe, you know, this organization and that organization. He doesn't owe these political players or those political players. He's coming in with hatred from both sides, from his own Republican camp and the Democratic camp. So he, he's coming in basically as his own man, financially speaking, without having to pay back favors, you know, his first year in office. So I, I think there is room to be a little bit optimistic on that. Okay. Like I said, I'm playing the bad yeah. cop tonight. Uh, and, and she's right. He's uh, First president coming in not having to pay back any favors to anybody, which is, is kind, of, kind of historical. So, um, but I want to go to uh, Luther. Um, are you still with us, Luther? Yeah, I'm here. I'm still here. Um, yeah, that 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 right there is uh, is a good thing because he he ain't, uh, he don't owe nobody nothing. But the bad thing is, is they're mad that he don't owe them anything. <laughs> so, what do you think about that, Cheryl? Well, I I agree with you. I, I find that a little bit funny, um, but it, it's true because. You know, when you can't buy somebody, then they're your enemy, politically speaking. And that's how a lot of these snakes in Washington work. They're all about who they can buy, who they can influence. And Trump is one of the biggest threats, and I think a lot of people hate him for that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's funny. Every time uh, I open up Luther's mic, we get static in the line, folks. (laughs) Um, it's just a misnomer. I don't know why that is. Um, and Luther, it's not you, by the way. Um, so, uh, okay. But anyhow, so let's let's look down the road, um, Cheryl, and and say we're we're um, we're two years into his presidency. And and by the way, we have the elections coming up in 2018. Okay, which is another. Thing we have to be concerned about because if people aren't happy with what's going on in Washington, um, you know, the Republicans can lose their seats in the House and the Senate. So basically, he has those two years to get done what 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 he wants to get done, and after that, who knows? That that could be it. Um, so we have we we have health care um, and we have immigration and jobs uh, are the three biggest things up there. But how about um, how about foreign policy and security? Where does that fit into his paradigm? Well, I I think with Trump, he's already started working on foreign policy and national security. Um, You know, he's already made the appointment for his national security advisor. And, you know, I think national security is tied up with immigration. And if, you know, you you couldn't telegraph a stronger message to illegal immigrants in this country now or illegals who would want to come in to this country, uh, including would-be terrorists, ISIS uh, you know, jihadists and so forth, that Trump uh, at the helm, it, it's not going to be so easy as it was under Obama. You know, Trump's not scared to say radical Islam in the same sentence. And he's not scared uh, to use force or aggression instead of diplomacy and strongly worded statements like Obama did for years. So I think as far as national security, our nation's a lot safer already just knowing that Trump is coming in office. But I think once he takes over the White House, I think things are really going to start uh, calming down, not just in America with the protests and the illegal border crossings, the, the numbers of them, but also on the overseas scale, America will once again resume the number one spot. Yeah. Michelle? Uh, uh, I mean, excuse me, uh, Cheryl. Mm-hmm. The president-elect Trump um, was, was considering Michelle Rhee, the former DC um, 
school administrator, a longtime Democrat. Uh, again, this, these are the things that are concerning. Someone who believes in common core. Someone who believes in, in uh, a path to citizenship for illegal aliens. That is totally contrary to what the base that voted for him believes. And I understand the pacifying and, and bringing the country together. But then, it, again, it, it brings down, it comes down to the same situation. I'm, like I said, I'm not giving up on him, but these are things that are red flags are making me concerned that, that he wants to bring in just like another rhino. Okay, let's not say Democrat. Maybe a rhino that, that wants to pacify everything with the Democrat Party. We want someone in 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 Washington that's going to do what he's going that he said during the primary in the camp in, in the general election, take a tough stand and follow through. Bringing these Democrats into the administration are going to cloud the path that he set during the the um, primary in the general election. And Michelle Ree, a believer in Common Core, I'm glad she turned it down. But if he's going to be picking individuals like that, we're in trouble. But let let, let yeah. me offer let, let me offer this um, just something to consider. Okay, the the big prize in in the room here is the Supreme Court, right? We, we've got Scalia's right. seat still open. Okay, now Republicans in the Senate did their job and they held up, uh, you know, nomination of Obama's pick. So the the incoming president has a Supreme Court nomination to make. Now the the nominee has to. Uh, has to be ratified, has to be uh, accepted by the Senate, okay? He has to make it or she has to make it through the Senate process. Now, with his cabinet positions, uh, because of Harry Reid back in 2013 did that whole nuclear option thing, Trump's cabinet picks only have to win by uh, a number majority. You know, it could be like mm-hmm. 51 to 50, or I mean 51 right. to 49, and they'll be confirmed. But the Supreme right. Court is the one, the one pick that has to, uh, you know, get 60 votes in the Senate. So it needs Democrats. Trump needs some Democrats to vote for his Supreme Court pick. So if you're president, what are you going to do to kind of open the doors to maybe bring some of those more moderate Democrats, like, say, you know, West Virginia's Joe, Joe Manchin uh, or some of the right. others – on the Democrat side, you're, you're going to trade off some of these lesser cabinet positions, like give Department of Education to some, you know, moderate or maybe even some Democrat, you know, but, but have your Justice Department ring in the Department of Education. And we already know, you know, the Attorney General is hard-charging Senator, Senator Jeff Sessions. So mm-hmm. if he's looking longer down the line for the Supreme Court battle that's brewing, then he might want to have some people on his side that are on the left. And, you know, that's just my uh, strategy idea. If I were president, I would be thinking of these things. And Trump is, after all, you know, the, the author of The Art of the Deal and all that. So he, he might be considering things like that right now. Uh, talking about the Supreme Court, um, mm-hmm. The the um, well, we have uh, Scalia, of course, that needs to be re- replaced. But there are a couple of other ones who are also up there in age. Um, one of them being Ginsburg. Um, but uh, but then you have two. I, I think Clarence is age sixty-eight. Um, some of them might want to retire during Trump's reign. And particularly the conservatives. Um, so you have is this an interesting battle there? He, he have a pick for the Supreme Court. Has anybody's name been floating around? Well, you know, Senator Ted Cruz was floated for a while, and it's still out there since he's not been chosen for the Attorney General. You know, Cruz is still out there for a possible Supreme Court pick. 
And, you know, personally, that I think that would be great. I, I think Senator Cruz would be great. But I understand that he does have a list of names, um, and his intent is to fill that slot with somebody of Scalia's legal mind, uh, you know, which is going to be a, a strict constructionist, and that's a good thing to balance the court out. And you're right, there could be a couple more openings. Some of these judges, uh, some of these justices may, um, you know, retire, or, or you know, a couple of them are, are getting up in age. Uh, they may actually die in office. So there's a lot of crucial Supreme Court, um, you know, issues to keep abreast of. Yeah, I, I know. Well, I don't think Ginsburg will actually retire under his reign. No. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> and right, right, and and Breyer is the other fella. I think he's around 78, 78 or, or 80, in close in that range. So he, he's another liberal that's up there in, in age. Um, uh, you know, and it's interesting, then, you know, you had Chief Justice Roberts, who was the one who um, went against us on the health care decision. So... You know, so who they pick um, is, of course, very important. That, to me, by the way, that was a surprise that he did that. Um, and to this day, I don't know why he ruled in that way, but he did. Um, yeah. That's, but go ahead, uh, Ruth. Go ahead. So, Cheryl, thanks, thanks, Doreen. Cheryl, uh, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that. He chooses um, picks Ted Cruz to replace Scalia. Um, yeah. I know I don't want to I don't want to lose him in the Senate, but I think if anyone is qualified to emulate uh, Justice Scalia, it's Ted Cruz. He just has everything. I mean, he's intelligent, uh, he's passionate, and uh, he's a firm believer in the Constitution. And I think he'll be the ideal person to re- uh, replace him. Yeah. And he's young, yeah. so he'll be there a while. <laughs> yeah, a long while. The thing, <laughs> thing right. is, he's only got so many senators he can give this to without losing. So he's how many extra senators we got? We'll lose a senator if we give him that. But how many extra ones is there? Yeah. Just a couple? I can, give yeah, up but I, can, I can tell you that, and in, in, in I live in the state of Texas, he, he, it'll be replaced by another Republican conservative. Okay. So what, what, so, what's, your, what's, your, what's your take on that, Cheryl? Oh, I, uh, first off, I, I would love to see Senator Ted Cruz in, in the Supreme Court. I, I think he'd be a firebrand, and I, I think he'd be a great offset to the liberal element. Um, and seriously, the fact that he is young, um, that's a good thing, because we need some justices who are going to be around for a while, uh, you know, to ride out what may be a Democrat storm in the White House and Congress in, re, in, in coming years. And, you know, you're right. If Senator uh, Ted Cruz is tapped uh, for the Supreme Court, you know, Texas isn't going to send a left-core liberal to, you know, replace right. them. It'll be another strong conservative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Luther, did you want to ask something? Um, well, you know, the biggest the biggest thing about all this is, is uh, we have to be prepared to get the rhinos out that don't want to work with Trump in these first two years and let them know we got someone there where we can replace them with if they don't want to work with the president. Because if they don't, these first two years, it's going to be it's not going to be easy for Trump. But Trump knows how to bring work here, but these first two years is going to be a test because they're all against him. So he's going to have to meet them halfway, but bipartisanship, when's the last time we heard that word? They don't. None of them. None of these parties don't work together anymore. What do you think of that, Cheryl? They haven't. They don't work to do anything together and compromise and get anything done, did they? In the last eight well, years. Yeah, it was more like Obama um, crying about what he wants, and the Republicans, even when they had a majority, 
uh, caving to him. I just remember, you know, the budget and the debt ceiling constantly being raised under Obama and the Republicans always caving to him. Uh, so I guess in that way they worked together. The Republicans were only more than willing to work with Obama. So hopefully Trump, uh, you know, he'll take a strong stand. <laughs> well, they're in there to, uh, to represent the we the people, not uh, give in to Obama. I mean, they gave in way too much. I've heard of giving in, but yeah, you know, Robert's <laughs> voting for the, you know, this is just, uh, I don't know. We'll see, but I'll give Trump credit. He's going to try. What I like about Trump, and you probably agree, he might talk a little out of line, but he's definitely got some balls when it comes to protecting this country. <laughs> yeah, I think I yeah, agree with that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so we've got to worry about the security aspect. we just got to worry about the job aspect. So he, he, he is not afraid. It's about time we had somebody that had some balls up in there. Right, but uh, I, I also said that to one of the things they can do to get the economy moving is to sort of roll back the health care. So uh, it would lift some of the provisions off of some of these local businesses so they can go ahead and hire. You know, because a lot of them, um, you know, as Cheryl said, that they're not hiring full-timers. You know, it's only part-time work because they don't want to pay them or give them the benefits. So, you know, now you have have a lot of people who are unemployed, not un- they're underemployed. Um, you, you know, so so that's the first thing that they have to do. Um, but any, anyhow, Cheryl, I'm just curious, have we seen a Hillary Clinton in about a year or two, we would have been a single-payer system, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I, I sure do. Cheryl, uh, Cheryl you, can you... Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, I just want to... Can you provide your 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 web your website, uh, your... Uh, it, any information? So if anyone's interested, uh, listeners interested in reading some of your articles... Sure. Um, basically, if you can provide that information. Sure. Thank you. Um, yeah. sure. My website is uh, CherylTumley.com, and, um, you know, I update it daily. Um, you, you can check out my book there, too, uh, both of my books. And one of them actually gives advice to patriots how we can take back this country. Um, so that might be interesting. And I'm on Facebook at Cheryl Chumley and Twitter at C.K. Chumley. Definitely. Uh, okay. okay, and Cheryl, you can also send us the uh, website, and we can link it as well. Um, okay. Yeah, so, um, uh, okay, so and what's your website again? Just mention it uh, just once more. Cheryl, it's just CherylChumley.com, and all my info is on there. Okay. Um, great. And so what we'll do is, um, you know, then we can tell our listeners, you know, when you send me the, the link um, to where to find you. But anyhow, uh, I, folks, I want to mention that um, we are out of time again. And um, this, this is the, I call it the Thanksgiving show. Um, for the two days we get thanks, right? Uh, oh, by the way, I did want to mention Folks, today uh, was also a historic day. It was um, 53 years since the death of President Kennedy. Um, So if you guys are interested in in history, just Google it on the Internet. You know, you you can find out a lot of resources about what happened and and whatnot. And, you know, and and that's a a topic for another day. I just want to bring that up. It's been 53 years since President Kennedy was shot. And um, Ruben, do you want to do a closer? Sure. Okay. Okay. So, for doubters like myself, who have been um, kind of taken back by the latest coming out of the uh, transition team, the Trump transition team, I still haven't given up on Donald. I th- I still believe in him. 
but I'm 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 really keeping a close eye on his nominations and who and how he's proceeding ahead or his transition team is proceeding ahead because it's a little concerning to to me and I think to a lot of Americans that we want to we want to go in the right direction we don't want to go back in the direction of rhinos the rhinos absolutely were, yeah and, and hand in hand with the liberals and i believe that everyone voted who voted for donald trump believes that he will not take that path and i hope he doesn't and everyone have a happy thanksgiving enjoy and god bless america yes and folks, uh, we are out. Um, we shall see you next week, next Tuesday night, uh, for another great show. So stay tuned to then, um, and have a happy. Th-